We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Day sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged, all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Day's clearance pricing today. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paul with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. Norm, how are you doing tonight, brother? Much better tonight. Last night was a little nerve-wracking. <laughs> a little? A little? You didn't have a seizure, thank God. Well, I don't have any more hair to pull out, and I'm already white as a ghost when it comes to my gray hair, so, you know, it can't get much worse. In other words, you're old. Yeah. You're old. Yeah, okay. Also, <laughs> the, the, the talking trash starts early tonight. Here to preview this on his game at the Denver Broncos, a stats guy from Blitz NFL Radio Podcast out of Denver with a unique theme. Let's just say Blitz doesn't really mean football in this case. Stats, how are you at the last night's loss to, to the Jets? 
We're about 11 beers deep tonight. We're still mourning the big loss. Uh, You know, it's part of my role on the show is we need to support all teams. But at heart, I'm a Broncos guy and I'm about ready to cut them loose. Well, that's what we want to get into tonight as well. Cutting them loose. Folks, before we get into this, well, this preview podcast with Stats Guy here, we do want to remind you we're on Spotify and tune in. We're everywhere now. Since this move to Spreaker, we've been blowing up. So, hey, check it, check us out. We're also on iBeatRadio.com. They air our shows Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, and that five-star review on iTunes, we're still sitting there. We're getting closer. We're giving away a $75 gift certificate to NFLShop.com. Come on, folks, help us out. We could really appreciate the review. And the gift, the gift card is there uh, for the winner of the contest when it's over. All right. Stask, are you ready? Let me just jump in before you guys start asking questions here and tell me that I, you know, I, I, I want to let you guys know how adorable I thought it was that you were on pins and needles to go 5-0 and oh, while, like, we're dwelling in the basement here and ready to cut our wrists, you know. I think it's just so amazing that people in the penthouse still feel nerves where, you know, we're ready to end our lives over here. So thanks. It's a really good start to the show. <laughs> well, you know. We've kind of been in the cellar for a long time, so this last couple of years has kind of changed things for us a little bit. Yeah, you uh, think? Stats guy, <laughs> I, I, I call this Rams derangement syndrome, okay? It's kind of like the Trump derangement syndrome, except instead of Trump is Rams. We've been through the ringer of this team over 14 years that you almost always expect the shoe to drop. And last night, when you see Cooper Cup go out and you see Brandon Cooks go out, and you see all the garbage that took place in that game last night. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, uh, the, <laughs> the nerves were kicking. I, I'm not going to lie. No, I'm not going to lie. You guys are so loaded, you don't have to worry about a thing, for God's sakes. I mean, I just saw a YouTube video where Sean McVay has eidetic recall of every single offensive play that he's ever run. If you ask Bill Musgrave what play he ran in the second quarter, he wouldn't be able to tell you on the Broncos, okay? So you guys are totally set. You could line up anybody, and you guys are going to smash us on Sunday. Wow. You feeling confident there, killer? Uh, <laughs> hey, let me tell you. You say there's a syndrome? Man, hey, a Broncos country, let me tell you something. We, uh, we feel it pretty badly. Hey, but you've won Super Bowls in the last 10 years. And you know what? And I I think it's totally fair to put that out there is that after we won Super Bowl 50, and by the way, the only number that actually they wrote the number out for the Super Bowl. So, hey, you know what? I'm going to hang on to that one for a while. I said to everyone, I'm going to last five years. This one gets me past five years of all the misery it's going to follow after Manning retires. And here we are, right? We're in the misery. So I'm cool, man. I just drink beer and watch the games. I don't let it get to me too much. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because when the Rams won their only Super Bowl, and I've told the story before, Norm knows it, I actually, because you know, I'm kind of a guy of faith here, I prayed. I said, Lord, if they win this one, I will never look for the Rams Super Bowl again in my life. And they won. And then a week later, I found myself regretting making that prayer. <laughs> it's been 20 years since then, and oh, I'm yeah. all paranoid now. But that was like, you know, you, I, I had been so used to the Rams sucking for almost all my, my childhood up to that point that, you know, hey, um, I was going to take that one Super Bowl win and run with it. And then after 14 years, you're just like, oh, gosh, why? Makes you wonder, me? like, what the hell were the Rams thinking letting Kurt Warner ever go? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, well, in, in fairness, though, they were getting Warner killed behind that offensive line. 
They were. Yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't just Warner, but you know, I, I'm more like coach on your show. I'm the old guy here. He's whining about a few years. I've been doing this for 50 years with this team. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he said he 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 was he was still in his mama's womb when I'd already had 20 years in it. So, but you know, hey, you're talking that garbage. The Rams won seven NFC West titles in this in the 70s, and then of course promptly lost every time in the playoffs except for that last time. Never mind. I uh-huh. lose. I lose. Uh huh. And you but won you a won- Super Bowl in your time. This is true, but they've also won one in your time. Am I wrong? In my time? Well, oh, yeah. Sure. Because you're but it was your time like too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. See, when you hear me, would you me guys like a little? Would you guys like hear... a little alone time to talk about this? <laughs> no, no kidding, when, right? When you hear me, when you hear me threaten his life throughout the podcast, you'll understand. Okay. Okay. Right, Good well, stuff. So... Sounds like sounds just like our show. <laughs> so let's turn the attention back to you, because he and I can do this all night long. I promise. Uh, the first question we got for you, just honestly, what's going on with the Broncos right now? They look solid early in the year. That nice win to start against against the Seahawks, but I gotta tell you the truth, man. That that loss to the Jets blows my mind. What ha- what's going on? Okay, so I mean, typical football. Uh, you know, generally speaking, I mean, if anybody's ever been in a survivor pool, uh, I mean, you know what it's like. First couple of weeks of the season. I mean, preseason means nothing. You're just feeling out your team. Everybody's optimistic and. You know, so coming out against the the Seahawks, you know, the, the Hawks had their own problems with their offensive line. They're trying to make that uh, happen. And, of course, with the loss of everybody off the Legion of Boom, you know, it, it was I, I think the, the Seahawks are pretty slim pickings in that game. And, uh, of course, opening up at home, that's a huge advantage playing in that thin air as well. So, you know, Broncos always open up strong. It's always like a tradition. Um, but the challenge that we're having now is that, uh and, and the, what you're hearing about this a lot in Broncos country is that the coaching staff seems to be overmatched and they're not game planning very well. Uh, you know, the, the talk in Denver at this point is, you know, did we make a mistake with Vance Joseph? Is he a guy that Elway brought in and he's just being stubborn about not making a change at the helm there? Um, you know, letting Wade Phillips go was like, you know, hey, way to go, guys. You know, you're, you're, our loss is absolutely your gain. Uh, you know, our defense just is a is a shell of itself since uh, since that's happened. So, you know, it feels like we get off to these jackrabbit starts. But, you know, at which point other teams start to they start to change their game plan. They start to adjust to what we're doing. And it seems like our team, like a lot of teams that are sitting in the cellar right now, is that they just have an inability to be able to adjust to the other team's adjustments. Well, the Seahawks gave you guys the perfect blueprint on how to beat us or at least how to stay close with us, and that's run the football. And You certainly have the tools to do that. And you you're think playing... we get that, right? Yeah, and you're playing at home. So, I mean, there are some advantages that you guys do have, I think, especially with the Rams letting up, you know, 200 yards rushing last week. Okay, so let me tell you how uh, uh, con- confounding the the Denver staff actually is. Uh you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my nickname here and give you a few stats. Okay, so here's the thing about Denver: they're the number two rushing offense in the NFL right now, and they lead the league in terms of uh, average yards per rush. So what do we do against the Jets? We threw the ball. Well, of course we're gonna throw the ball. Why why grind the clock down and take advantage of some play action there? We can just let Keenum get pummeled by the Jets. You know, it just seems to me like this staff 
feels like they're out guessing themselves. Like are we're loaded and we're we seem to be we seem to have figured out our offensive line with respect to running the ball. My God, like let's give it to Philip Lindsay, like, you know, that undrafted free agent. Let that guy just ball. You know, but it, it seems to me like that's just not the game plan anymore. And uh, so it's really hard to figure these guys out. Now, you just mentioned Case Keenum. How does he fit into that offense now? You know, we're quite familiar with him. We liked him. We didn't like him. We had our, it was a love and hate relationship with him. But with the Vikings last year, he, <laughs> he beat us. How does he fit there? <laughs> so I think Case Keenum playing in the NFL, like even years, odd years, is like Star Trek movies. You know how like one, three, five, seven, they all suck, but two, four, and six are fantastic? That's what we got. We got the Rams version of Case Keenum. Isn't that terrific? We didn't get the Vikings version, so maybe if we hang on to him for another year, he's going to do something for us. Well, jeez, uh, that kind of sur- surprises me a little bit, though, I guess, because uh... – his numbers seem pretty decent out there. What are you seeing on the field that's a little bit, well, off-putting? Uh, it's check down city, and he's overthrowing wide-open guys. Like, we would have beaten KC if he just hit DT coming down the, the right-hand sideline at the end of the game, but he overthrew him by about 15 yards, it seems. And, uh, you know, so it just seems like he's not capable of making some of those big-time throws that the the elite quarterbacks are able to make. And even though his numbers were really solid in – in New York. Uh, the thing is, it's, it was all cleanup yards. And I mean, the touchdown he threw to, to Demarius at the end was, you know, about as anticlimactic as it gets. So you knew the Jets were playing Ben, but don't break defense. So it's easy to add yards at that point. It just seems like he just doesn't have an ability to be able to spot the right guy and make that decent throw. Um, just looks really confusing. And I'm not going to hang that totally on Keenum. I'm going to hang that on the coaching staff and Bill Musgrave. Because Simeon looked exactly the same last year where he had a couple of stretches where he played really well. And then it was just confusing. Like he couldn't get the ball to the guys. And hey, we got two all pro wide receivers out there, including Cortland Sutton, this dynamo rookie of ours. So, you know, we're hoping that he can open it up and start getting these guys the ball, feeding them the rock. But, you know, it just seems to me like he's he's hesitating on some of his throws. And as a result, he's missing his windows. Well, I have a little bit of history with uh, one of your running backs. I <clears throat> I was born in L.A., which is why I'm a Rams fan, but I live most of my life in Oregon and am an Oregon Ducks fan and actually wrote for fishduck.com and have interviewed Royce Freeman several times and a, a big fan of his, and I thought it was a great pickup by you guys. And, of course, Lindsey is also an awesome pickup for you guys being an undrafted free agent. What do you think of these guys – moving forward and do you think you know you have a future with these guys being you know a staple for your franchise i think give them the damn ball that's what we all need to do i mean i don't know what's going on in denver i mean freeman's putting up great numbers i mean if you saw the rating of uh rookie running backs in the nfl we have two rookie running backs in the top five for performance so far according to pro football focus so guys all you have to do is just hand them the ball i mean teams that rush the ball win Super Bowls, they win games. So I, I I just can't figure out why it is that they aren't feeding the guys the ball. Freeman looked amazing in the preseason. In fact, he looked so good that it led to us cutting a couple of our uh, our incumbent running backs 
And so, you know, I, I, I love the two-headed monster there in Denver. It's, uh, and also, you know, we've got a Dynamo fullback. We're only one of the few teams in the NFL that actually runs a fullback. And Janovich is, I mean, he's fantastic. He opens up holes like you wouldn't believe. So, you know, the idea that we need to uh, be this elite offense and, uh, and throw the ball makes no sense to me. I think if we ran the ball, you know, we could have the same kind of offense that we did in 2015. Let the defense take over. Let's start squeezing out like 15-10, 15-9 type of victories over teams. We take that any day. It's just uh, it's really tough to watch this team struggle offensively and defensively on the field. Just to back up one second, I just want to make sure I clarify this. Going back to Keenum, do you see him as a long-term solution in Denver, or are they already looking for something else? I see him as a long-term solution every odd year. Yeah, just like the Star <laughs> Trek movies. <laughs> so, so just so we're willing to make the playoffs and miss the playoffs uh, you know, every odd year, I mean, that's totally fine. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to move on from Keenum if this is the standard that we've got there. Um, my sense is that you know, if things don't work out and we're, we're looking at a top-five pick again, uh, we're going to start looking for a quarterback in college, and uh, they'll probably wipe the slate clean of this of this entire coaching staff. Hire an established name uh, like Elway did when he brought in John Fox to get rid of the Josh McDaniels stench, and uh, you know, and and bring somebody in who can actually bring in a mature staff to set this franchise back on path. You mean like Jeff Fisher? <laughs> <laughs> you mean seven and nine Jeff Fisher? Oh yeah. <laughs> Fantastic! You know what? I'd fucking take that right now, man. Looks like we're gonna go. Looks like we're gonna go two and fourteen. Yeah, his mustache will go twelve and four though. So, <laughs> well, you know, he'll, he'll quote unquote build a roster for you, then get fired, and a year later take credit for it, a playoff berth. That's what. He'll do. Well, so- <laughs> I, I want to look at your defense. Uh, the Jets, not known to be a great offensive team. Sam Darnold, you know, looking really good for a rookie. I can see him being a franchise quarterback in the league. But, I mean, 323 yards rushing given up by the Broncos, which I never thought I'd even imagine. And you're looking at Isaiah Crowell with 219 yards rushing on 15 carries, 14.6 yards average. Uh, do you guys know you're playing Todd Gurley next week, right? Was that a question or just like gloating? I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't know if it was gloating, but honestly, was there too much drinking going on in the Broncos locker room before this one? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wish that was the excuse. Uh, you know, I mean, they played like Del Rio's uh, Broncos. Um, you know, it, they just got gashed over and over again. And, you know, the thing that I can't understand is that this team comes on the field and you know when when Wade was in charge of this defense they were menacing i mean uh, you know i'm like norm here i mean i've been a broncos fan for uh, since the early 80s and you know i've seen the good the bad and the really horrific 55-10 to the 49ers thanks very much in the super bowl so like i've been on my fair share of like rotten finishes as a broncos fan uh and when the broncos had that defense in 2015 I was still doubting them because you just hang on to all that those bad vibes from years where they got gashed for, you know, 250 yards by some running back that you've never heard of before. Uh, you know, but, you know, they stepped up and they played amazing football. And that was a that was an all time defense that they had. And we always heard that Joe Woods was going to be an upgrade for us over Wade Phillips. And I think he's been a serious downgrade. Um, I have no idea what happened 
with respect to Wade Phillips leaving Denver for the second time. Uh, you know, when you have that kind of a high-performing defense, why the hell would you ever make a change? That makes no sense to us. And let's not forget that Vance Joseph, came, he came to us from Miami, where his defense at the time when he was the coordinator was near the bottom of the league. Like, I can't even figure out why this guy was a candidate. Uh, so, you know, the idea that he's going to give Joe Woods some advice here or take over the play calling absolutely terrifies us. Uh, the they're not being effective getting to the quarterback and you know they're not utilize they're not stuffing holes in the middle i mean you've got pecco you've got wolf in the middle there i mean those guys are big time run stuffers and that's why you have them there so you can let chubb and miller work on the outside but i mean they've just been neutralized over and over again and the team just seems lifeless I think you should put Wolf at cornerback. That was an awesome interception. <laughs> well, he'd do a hell of a lot better than Roby would. My God. I mean, that guy was supposed to replace Tlaib. You know, I mean, oh, my God, how do you even make that call when the guy's like four steps behind Anderson on that touchdown? Man, he was burned right out of the gate. I mean, nobody has any faith on in with Roby anymore. I mean, he's just – he looks terrible. Well, well I was a I, – I... Follow Roby quite a bit at Ohio State, and I could have been the guy I tell you he's a, he's a number two corner, not a number one. He shouldn't be a number yeah, one. Exactly. I mean, he's the kind of guy you bring in when you're loading up on the secondary, right? But you keep Harris and you keep Talib because they're your shutdown guys, and that allows your uh, that allows your defensive ends to go to work. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but I mean, our 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 big draft pick Bradley Chubb. I mean, the guy that was supposed to either free up Von Miller to have a ton of sacks or get a bunch of his own. Guy's only got one and a half sacks on the season, and Miller's only got four. I mean, they're not getting to the quarterback either. I mean, there is something seriously wrong in Denver. On um, didn't Miller get all four of his against uh, Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched that game. It seemed like Miller was eating Russell Wilson for breakfast. So, well, they're old friends, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like. Aaron Donald and, and and Russell Wilson are old friends too. So, <laughs> yo, Jesus, best friends, best, yeah, yeah. besties. Like. Okay, hey, I do want to ask more about Vance Joseph, but we do need to get to talk about our sponsor real quick. Uh, most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams, except for Stats Guy. So, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood Team: Grit, Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team. From 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s LA Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at HollywoodsTeam.com and on Twitter at HollywoodsTeam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You could also find Hollywood's Team through various other booksellers on the net. On the net. Jeez, not the neck. That's weird. Folks, if you have not read this book, it's worth the read. It's affordable. Check it out. Hollywood's Teen Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s L.A. Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Okay, Stats Guy, I'm not done with Vance Joseph. Are you ready? Oh, 
Hang on a second. Sorry, I was just grabbing another beer here. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Hey, our show's called Blitz. I mean, what the hell do you expect? So, this is, you know, and I knew we were taking this risk when we invited him on. But we figured he'd behave hey, himself. He it's about wrong. time you bring. It's about time you're bringing on some quality guests. Yeah, it's an upgrade. Um, so. Guys, I am regular season ready. If you listen to our training camp episode, we do a shot of bourbon every three minutes for 30 minutes. It's an absolute shit show, but you know what? It gets us ready for the regular season of drinking. <laughs> I had to go back and listen to that podcast now. I, I can listen to it. All right, so here we go. What is going on with Vance Joseph at this point? I mean, it's clear he's on the hot seat. It's all over the news today. How much of the Broncos' issues are his fault? Well, I, you know, I think if you see how the team comes out, uh, you know, it, it, you know, the reason why Vance Joseph got this job, and by the way, he was uh, he was this number two candidate uh, behind Kubiak when Elway got rid of Fox and brought Kubes in, um, and so I think this is this has a lot to do with the Elway Vance Joseph fan dynamic. Uh, than a lot of than more than a lot of people realize, and you know our sense here is that Elway may be a little bit hesitant to uh, prove himself wrong and say that Joseph wasn't the leader of men that he professed him to be. Um, but most folks looking on at what's happening uh, and the carnage that happens after in the press room. Uh, it just doesn't seem like this is this guy's a motivator of men. So, you know, and, and that's the gig when you're the head coach. I mean, you're the administrator and you're the face of the franchise. And so if, if this is a guy that can't get his coordinators onto the same page, if this is a guy that can't push them uh, to grow more so they then can become head coaches themselves, uh, you know, he's just the wrong call here. And we've seen far too often that this team has come out on the field and played listless football. And that's something that we've never been able to understand. You know, is he a player's guy? Is he, you know, or is he a hard ass type of coach? You know, it's really hard to determine at this point. I mean, hell, we would take, you know, anything other than what he's doing to get these guys fired up to play football. So last year he made the admission that he needed to be harder on his coordinators to force them to develop more and do more for the franchise, coach his coordinators rather than worrying about coaching the team. Uh, you know, and but you know, all too often we see that guy on the sideline. It looks like he's just trying to figure out how to use his headset. Uh, you know, so it doesn't really inspire a lot of faith in us in Broncos country, where we really want somebody who's a firebrand that can get this team up and going. I mean, you know, one team that we have a lot of admiration for at this point is you know we love McDermott's Bills. I mean, that team's got garbage for talent, and they're fighting every single play and you know look at this now you know this team that wasn't supposed to win a game uh is now beating teams that you're you're calling for the playoffs i mean that tennessee buffalo game was amazing to watch and all we're asking for is that the team show some kind of effort out on the field it just looks like they're unprepared and they don't they really don't care that they're unprepared we're kind of seeing the opposite effect with mcveigh as far as you know he's letting wade phillips do his thing uh, he's letting his, his coaches coach and he's a motivator and you can see him like, you know, we, we saw him during practices and, and, and during preseason and all that, he's out there running routes with the guys and, you know, playing cornerback and covering guys. And, you know, he's obviously a motivator and, and, you know, spe so when you look at that and considering that Elway brought him in, 
How much responsibility does he have for this mess? Okay, so first of all, no wonder McVeigh's doing that. What is he like? Twenty six years old? Of course he's doing that. He's not gonna. He's gonna tell Wade Phillips how to coach. I mean, Wade Phillips is a god in Denver for bringing him that Super Bowl. Uh, you know, so I mean, McVeigh's doing exactly the right thing. Is that you know what any CEO of a team would do, and that's what the head coach really is in this position. Is he's bringing in people that are smarter than him in those particular roles, and he's letting them run, and he's keeping them motivated, which is awesome. Uh, you know, I think Elway, the, the, the problem that we have in Denver is that people have trouble separating Elway, the quarterback from Elway, the general manager of the team. And, you know, hey, we were hugely successful in him luring Peyton Manning to Denver. But the talk in Denver at this point is, hey, maybe it was all Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, because we really haven't seen anything happen since. I mean, in all those drafts that he's had since he's been running that team, we only have one player that's actually gone to a Pro Bowl, and that's Von Miller. That's a heck of a point, man. And that's been my thought process the entire time with Elway is, has he been overrated just due to his name? And well, yeah, absolutely. And actually, let me just correct here. So in terms of his drafts, so Chris Harris has gone to all uh, he's gone to uh, Pro Bowls, but he was an undrafted free agent. OK, is that it, though? I mean, what else do you have What the show for at this point under Elway? Uh, well, you know, the, the good news is that it looks like we got a hell of a rookie class coming in, uh, which is terrific. We're excited about the rookies, but. You know, when you have those kinds of rookies that are playing incredibly well and yet the team itself isn't performing, you have to start asking yourself some pretty hard questions. Um, I don't think Elway's used to having people question his ability to evaluate talent. But bringing Kubiak back to the franchise uh, to help him evaluate the players in the draft, I think, really showed up this year in the draft. And that's why the draft was so successful for us. Uh, At some point, we're just going to have to figure out that you know what? Elway just can't evaluate quarterbacks. I mean, he's just not that guy. I mean, I'm really surprised that uh, Case Keenum isn't six foot nine because those seem to be his popular quarterbacks to bring into Denver. And, uh, you know, so it, I, th- I think at some point we're just going to have to uh, understand that, you know, maybe Kubiak's the guy and uh, Elway needs to do the same thing that McVay's doing with his coordinators and let the people underneath him make the decent picks. Well, I'm a huge, huge Wade Phillips fan, obviously. Of course you are. <laughs> but, 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 but the point I'm going to make is right now our defense is not clicking. I mean, right now we're struggling defensively. And it's, it's not Wade Phillips' fault. But, you know, right now we're, we're in trouble there. And so what, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is we can't stop the run and we're seeing, you know, Tlaib got hurt. Peters got burned really bad a couple times in the last game. I think some of that was some coverage issues with the safeties and so forth. But, you know, I, I, I think our defense is in a little bit of trouble here. So thinking of that, how do the Broncos match up with the Rams? You know, when you guys put your offense out the, on the field with our defense, I mean, obviously we have a lot of talent on the field, but we haven't been able to stop the run. If you guys run the football, you know, how do you see that matchup going? Well, I mean, I, I guess this is a classic case of, uh, you know, when you live in the penthouse, I, you know, anything that doesn't seem perfect, 
uh, seems really awful. But, you know, you guys are number nine in the NFL in terms of yards allowed. So with respect to things that aren't clicking at this point, you're allowing under 300 yards a game and very few teams maintain that average over the course of the season. So you're actually playing above expectations for a defense at this point. And, uh, you know, with respect to your, your points allowed, you're number seven in the league. So, you know, don't don't be too hard on this defense. I mean, one thing that we spotted with the Rams was that you have you have a lot of big personalities on that defense. And it's either going to be an amazing show or it's going to blow up in your face. I mean, Tlaib, he's a phenomenal talent, but whoo, he's a wild Bronco, man. I mean, it's 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 hard to contain that guy. And, you know, you got Indomitian Sue. I mean, who knows what the hell that guy's going to do? Uh, you know, I mean, at least you got Aaron Donald under contract. I mean, that guy is phenomenal. We'd be happily take him and Wade Phillips back. Uh, that'd be wonderful for us. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it, it's a matter of giving the team a little bit of patience and letting them gel because you have a lot of high profile players there and it's going to take a while for you guys to get in sync with each other. And it's going to happen. And it's just a matter of getting hot at the end of the season. I mean, you have nothing to worry about winning the NFC West. I mean, you guys are going to roll through that division. You're going to be totally fine. Um, if I were the Broncos, uh, what I would say is, you know what? It doesn't matter if we have a bunch of three and outs here. We're going to rush the ball 35, 40 times against these guys. And let's just make them work to stop our rushing attack and if and if it looks like they're pinning back their ears and they're coming after Keenum you know what slow them down with a little bit of misdirection slow them down with some screen passes I mean you've got two running backs there that are phenomenal at catching the ball uh you know you've got some all pro wide receivers here that can go over the middle to catch the ball too and stretch the field for you so there's an ability to be able to find some weak spots in that defense uh but what it really comes down to uh is adjustments and do the Broncos have the ability to make those adjustments going forward in order to uh, in order to actually succeed against this defense? And, you know, sadly, the feeling in Denver at this point is yeah, not not really not so much. We really don't have that ability. Well, I know you keep saying the penthouse and that's all cool and everything. But honestly, the points allowed is a little bit deceiving because the Rams have given up 31 points a game the last two weeks. You know, they gave up 31 points to 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 Minnesota, and then they give up 31 points to Seattle. So, you know, yeah, I mean, 5-0 is great, but I'm looking long-term, and, you know, it, it would be, you know, I, I don't expect this to go, you know, 5-8, and eight, but it is concerning to see that many points. And, and when you talk about a team that can rush the football, and that seems to be our weakness, it does concern me some. And uh, Denver's definitely got the talent. So I agree with you. I think that's exactly what they should do. They should run the football down our throats. They should uh, use the tight end a lot and screenplays a lot, which is Case Kingdom's forte. And, you know, I think it would give you guys a lot. It, 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 your offense is your best defense against us. I think it's adorable that you're worried about your defense because uh, you really shouldn't be. You're going to be totally fine. And uh, so what's, I mean, what's the spread in this game? Because I tell you what, add five to it and give me that because I think you guys are going to destroy the Broncos on Sunday. Uh, I think the I think the Broncos are a hot mess. And the reason why, uh, you know, is that let's not forget that the ownership structure is in total disarray as well. 
And I think that that all flows downhill, too. Um, the Bolin children are fighting over who's going to run this franchise. Pat's no longer there. That stability is no longer there. And so I, I think everything's just gone wildly off course for this franchise. And, you know, I, I would be thrilled if uh, you know what? I tell you what, guys, right now and let's shake on it. OK, I will <laughs> give you I will happily give you twenty one twenty on Sunday. You guys win. OK, we would take that right now because at least it would say that we had a good showing. That's all we want. We'll take the L, guys. You know, we're just worried that we're going to get embarrassed. I mean, when we had Kansas City come to our house, geez, we thought Mahomes was going to put up 70 on us. I mean, that kid was so red hot. Uh, you know, so I, I just don't think that there's a belief in Denver right now that this team can do well. Uh, I don't think they're being supported by the coaching staff. And, you know, belief is huge in the NFL where there's so much parity. And when you've lost it, man, it's really hard to get back. So do you know what? Enjoy the good times that you've got. You've got a phenomenal squad out there. Uh, they're going to gel. They're going to play great. Goff is, man, you can see why he was the draft pick that he was. Uh, you know, it's really, really fun to watch. You've got a great head coach there, and uh, you've actually got a structure there for, uh, for success for the next couple of years. Well, here's the thing. And I, this is where I'm going to kind of come, maybe solidify a little bit what Norm's saying, but also maybe explain a little bit. This Rams defense looked dominant, absolutely dominant in its first, let's say, two and a half games. Okay? Then Tlaib goes down, Peters goes down the same game. And you know, you know, you know Wade Phillips. You know, he, he, he with, with corners, with the right corners, his defenses are on point. You know that. Well, this team has not been the same since Tlaib went down. And Peters isn't 100% either. So you might just be getting the Rams at the exact right time of the year. I'm saying might. Because I still think the Rams win this game. But I think it's really worth just the defensive gap. And we're not getting Tlaib back. We, we might not get him back at all this year. So yeah, we're at getting... Least eight, at, least, at least eight weeks. Yeah. So we're getting the Rams at the right time, which is great. So we're poised to go 5-11 and 11 now. You know what? I'm really optimistic, guys. Thanks. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, well, I look at it this way. Okay, this, let me let me hear this out. And I'm not being the pessimist here, okay? I'm on I'm, – I, I, I am known as the podcast pessimist of this show, okay? But you guys have things that match up well. You have attributes that match up well with the Rams right now. You have two solid running backs. You guys can run the ball. You're, you're very good at that at least, okay? The Rams are not defending well against the run. You have pass rushers. The Rams' offensive line is very good, but it does struggle on the on edge rushers. And Jared Goff, for as improved as he is, he's much better in the pocket. He fumbles a lot. Okay, so there are holes in this game where Denver can sneak through. And also, I don't want to for, don't forget uh, Kansas City. Barely beat you guys there, and that's that's a five and zero team regarded as the team to beat right now in the AFC. So there is room for the Broncos to give the Rams some serious problems on Sunday. Where where is the game being played? In Denver. Denver. Okay, yeah. Well, a, I mean, and, and you also have to add in the fact that Cooper Cup is in in a concussion protocol, and so is Brandon Cooks. Cup's probably going to come out of it and be okay, but Cooks took a really hard hit, and he may not make it back for next week's game. So 
there's a couple weapons we might be missing too. So, you know, there is some recipe here for you guys to have a good game against us. I'm not saying you're gonna, but there is a recipe there for it to happen. Well, it's really hard to run the table, so you guys are just have to live with 15 and 1, and we'll have to live with 5 and 11. <laughs> well, I, I predicted us to go 15 and 1 at the beginning of the season, but, <laughs> but, but, but you weren't the one. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, hell no, we weren't. Uh, no, I mean, hey, you know what? The thing that's funny is that injuries, I mean, that's just a part of the game. Uh, and, you know, you can never predict when your team's going to be healthy. Uh, you know, it, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, what I mean, hey, we would love to see the Broncos play well uh, against the Rams. Uh, you know, it, it, hey, Denver has a it's a tough place to play. I mean, it, it, have you ever gone running in Denver? Man, I, I I ran fifty feet once and I was gassed for a day. I mean, the air is thin up there. So you know, imagine slowing down that pass rush. I mean, that air is like having an extra offensive lineman on the field. I mean, it really helps that team out. So you know, we are we are poised for success, uh, especially when we play our home games. But let me tell you, I mean, unless the Broncos want to play smash mouth football, which they haven't so far. Uh, even though the data suggests that that's our best route to success here, uh, I think we're looking at another Rams win. All right. Well, then let's go to it. Guys, let's get your prediction. I'll start with our guest. Stats guy, what you got? Uh, Denver 16, uh, Rams 87. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm going to be a little more realistic and say uh, (laughs) – I've been 20, drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say 28-17. And uh, I've predicted thirty over 30 points. And last week I predicted over 40. Um, so I'm, I'm coming down here a little bit because it's in Denver, because I think you guys can, can put some pressure on us. I'm going to bring it down to 28-17. I'm going to go with – I actually had 27-17, but he's making me change a little bit more because – I don't want to be like Norm. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with 27-20. I really think that the Broncos are the right kind of team to come in there and give the Rams problem. It's also the Rams' third straight road game. And it's a third straight tough game in terms of, I mean, for all the problems Denver has, Denver is physical. So I'm going to go with a closer game just based off of all the factors that go with it. So, but you're you still predicting a Rams win, right? I still am. Yes, yes, yes I am. Listen to you, listen to you whiners. I mean, you guys are killing me. You're telling me all these <laughs> problems you have, and yet you're still going to put a boot on our neck by eight or nine points, guys. Come on, this is crazy. <laughs> Enjoy this while you have it. You're killing me, man. If we, we were the Rams we right now, we would well, be drunk all the time, man. This well, well, we'll put it to you this way: We're coming on your show on Monday, and if it turns out to be the opposite of what we're saying, we'll probably be drunk on your show. <laughs> okay, okay. So how about this? Let's do a bet then. Here we go. Okay, you're calling the Rams to win. No, this doesn't work because I'm calling the Rams to win. Okay, so how about this? If the Rams win by ten or more, all right. The Rams win by ten or more. You guys live have to do i don't know on our show let me see we'll interview you for about 15 minutes you guys have to do three shots of tequila how how about jack daniels that's uh (laughs) hey uh, yeah we'll accept that jack daniels totally fine 
Well, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't do tequila, so there you go. <laughs> and okay, I actually and- I'm gonna wuss out here because I have to teach in the morning. Yeah, I, I can't do that. I'm not gonna I'll, do that. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll do his three, too. There you go. Perfect. Okay, you heard it here, guys. Six shots for Norm if the Rams win by more than ten. All right. and But you understand something, too. We, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, I mean, because you've seen, you've seen me on social media here. That's usually me, and I'm always willing to crack a joke and, and talk trash to people. But for whatever reason, and Rams social, in Rams social media, we, we, well, what's the, what's the word? Well, I, I'm going to go back to it, man. It's Rams arrangement syndrome. We stay, I think, overly realistic to, like, Norm going saying this team's going to be 15 and 1. That is, like, unheard of that he would go there. I'm sitting there saying, okay, uh, 12 and 4, 11 and 5. You know, this, there's still some some things to do, and he's like, no, fifteen to one. He's like the optimist right there. All of Rams Nation, I would say, gets very, I want to say, low keel, not even even keel, low keel, on this on this under the Rams because we're still coming off that age where this team just lost. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games every year. Now, we know, we, we know this is a heck of a football team. But for whatever reason right now, that mentality is still there. It's, it's ultra serious um, in terms of how this team is doing. There's a, there's a level of pessimism. It's, you, you wait, you're waiting for the next guy to tear the ACL. I mean, just look, you could have seen the looks on our faces yesterday when, when Cooks and Cup both went down. It, it just was like, oh, gosh. There goes our season, and they're both going to be fine. It's yeah for for whatever reason, you know, it's kind of like a a, a NFL PTSD without the without the uh, without the drugs and therapy. Okay, let me ask let me therapy. ask you a question: Have you ever lost a Super Bowl fifty five ten? No, but you were there. Okay, though. okay, fantastic. That, you were there. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. We were there. Uh, we lost Super Bowl forty eight almost by the same margin. So I absolutely understand what it's like to uh, feel a little bit worried uh, about what your team could do going forward or absorbing some PTSD from the past. Let me tell you something. Super Bowl fifty against the fifteen and one Panthers. I had blood in my stool that morning. I was so damn nervous about that game, and yet. We, I don't know how we did it. We managed to pull out a victory. Uh, you know what? Strange shit happens in the NFL. Uh, but all you can really do, I think, is just try to enjoy the ride. I mean, one of the great things we about doing the show that we do is that we look at all teams. And, you know, all of our listeners and all of our followers on Twitter, you know what? They're just they love the sport. And even though we get behind our teams and, you know, we kind of tease each other a little bit when it's game time, at the end of the day, we just we just love us some damn football, you know. So we just love cracking a cold one and watching amazing plays. And uh, you know what? If your team is 5-0, and hey, you know what? You're going to lose a couple. That's just the way it goes. I mean, there's only one undefeated NFL team in, in history. And so, you know, you're going to take a few lumps along the way, but just enjoy the ride because when it's over – Man, it's over. Like, Super Bowl 50 is over for us. And you know what? I really, if I'd looked back, I would have enjoyed the ride a little more. And that's, oh. and that's hopefully we can do that. 
Oh, I'm going to enjoy it for sure. And, good. and you know, we, we are a good football team and I'd say we're right now, I think we're the best football team in the league, even over Kansas city, but there are, there are concerns. And, you know, I, I've been, a, I was a defensive coach for a long time. So I understand, you know, a lot of what Wade Phillips does and, and I can see we're struggling watching our safeties argue and, you know, back in the secondary before a play and then a touchdown pass is thrown over both their heads the next play. Stuff like that. I know we're still gelling and we're still young and it is only week five. And we didn't even play our starters in the preseason at all, except for the defense one series. So I, I think we'll get better, but I think Denver's a lot better than you're giving them credit for. I, I actually picked them to go eight and eight this year. So they uh, won't. According- if, if, <laughs> they if, won't. If, if they if they do, you'll be happy though, right? <laughs> no, I won't, because the expectations in Denver are Super Bowls. That's our expectation. You know, we are we are the only team in the NFL that's got a winning record against Tom Brady. And fuck that guy, by the way. So anyway, I have to get that in. That's part of our show. So anyway, <laughs> no, guys, like we're the team that makes it to the playoffs. We're the team that goes to Super Bowls. That's the expectation in Denver. And eight and eight just doesn't cut it. I mean, eight and eight is Tebow-esque. We don't do that kind of crap in Denver. So when you go eight and eight, it's time for a change. And so, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we have a franchise going forward that you know can per, you know perennially compete for super bowls and uh that's something that boland put in place and i sure i sure hope that uh that elway keeps that tradition moving forward because um we would hate to see denver ever fall into this uh area of mediocrity that so many franchises have had they've had suffer through for so long um but you know you guys have a great squad and, uh, you know, I see you really competing well. And, you know, don't for, don't worry about gelling too soon. I mean, nine wins is going to win you the NFC West. You guys are going to be totally fine. So you could have some hiccups here and there. And, you know, you're a team that's built uh, for success at home and success on the road. So, you know, I, I think that even if you have to go on the road during the playoffs, you're still going to do OK. Uh, defense still wins championships, guys. And, uh, you know, you're going to shore up that secondary. Things are going to be OK. And uh, I think you're going to be pretty happy with each other. Uh, sorry, with your team uh, come the postseason. Well, Derek so, talks about his syndrome. I, I call it seven and nine bullshit to syndrome. You know, we were so used <laughs> we were so used to seven and nine that eight and eight would have thrilled us. But yeah, now, you know, now, now no, we're trying no. to move. Now we're trying to move beyond that. You know, because our expectations are a lot higher. And you know, I look forward to this game. I think it's going to be fun. And I look forward to being on your show on Monday. All right, stats guys. Yeah, let's do. We're, we're running out of time here, so could you let people know where to follow you guys, where they can find your show, all that jazz? You got it. Okay, so uh, look for us on Bliss NFL everywhere you find podcasts: iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Castbox. I mean, wherever you guys search for uh, for podcasts, look for us. New shows come out on Tuesday afternoons. Uh, subscribe to us. Uh, it's a hell of a show. It's only about thirty minutes long. Uh, we do a lot of drinking in that 30 minutes. It's pretty <laughs> exciting. Uh, but also give us a follow over on Twitter. We're at blitzed NFL and, uh, you know, join the, uh, you know, the 4,000 plus followers that we have on team blitzed. It's, uh, it's good fun. It's a collection of fans right across the NFL. The banter is awesome. The jokes are wicked and the drinks are always cold. Man, I never got my, t- I never earned the t-shirt. Dag nabbit. I never earned that t-shirt. Gosh. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to being on your show on Monday, man. Guys, thanks very much for having me on. It's been a thrill, and uh, try not to gloat too much on Monday, okay? We'll try. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> All right, folks. That was 
It's a fun. That was a fun one. Yes, it was. Okay, so real quick, your Norm's got the Golden Ram Barbershop for us. We want to thank him. So here we go. Now it's time to give a shout out to our longtime sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like that old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day that they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's it's like a shrine to the Rams, it, like a Hall of Fame to the Rams in a barbershop. But it, Sal also provides that really nice old school barbershop experience talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even managed to make me, Derek, and Johnny look good and appear, well, somewhat normal. All right, so... As always, check out Sal, just one of our best and biggest supporters always. Um, Some quick news here. Here's some good news for you, Norm. Uh, Sean McVay's interview today, it looks like both Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks are going to be all right. Both may even play this Sunday. May being the key words. Can we we, uh, give a hallelujah to that, maybe? Give me an amen? (laughs) How about, you know? I'm just glad they're both okay. I mean, uh, Cooper Cup... His hit didn't look too bad, but Cooks, man, that that was a wicked hit. I'm just glad to hear he's upright, functioning, and there's no, what do you want to call it, further issues with it. So, Hopefully. Uh, if he if he can make it, yeah, if he can make it back to next week's game, that's great. But I'm just glad right now he's walking. So, okay, um, do want to know a couple other things. We talked about the the helmet rule last night. I do want to clarify it for folks because. There's you know just till that discussion's going on, the the helmet rule in place right now. If you I posted I posted the actual video this morning early, and it's clear Thompson hits Cooks's head, then comes and falls through the shoulder. Okay, but the the instruction back was that well the idea back was pointed out was hey Cooks drop his head. Okay, so let's clarify this. That does not matter. The penalty in place right now, it is assessed 15 yards or ejection based on the following. One, the player lowers his helmet, the player making the tackle, to establish a linear body posture prior to initiating and making contact with the helmet. Two, an unobstructed path to his opponent. Three, contact was clearly avoidable, and player delivering the blow had other options. In that layout, in that layout, that's a penalty, or should have been a penalty last night. It's just it should it should have been it should have been. And, you know, someone can say, "Well, it's not helmet to helmet." Well, actually, it was. Watch the slow mo again, and I can understand if you're a referee watching the game, it's bang bang. That I can understand you missing that because it's so bang bang, but 
But the overall, the way the rule is built right now, you don't miss those three things because that's actually pretty clear, especially at the angle they were. Yep. So that that's I, I'm, I'm you know Norman blows my mind. I, I don't know if you saw social media, but we there's a couple media outlets out there who are really saying this was a clean hit. This and putting some of the blame on Brandon Cooks that Brandon Cooks Brandon Cooks lowered his head. Well, of course he was lowering his head. He was bracing for impact. He knew he was going to get hit. What else was he going to do? There wasn't enough time for him to really lower his head. It was a natural motion of catching the ball and turning around. I mean, I've watched it over and over and over again, and it's absurd to think that it you know, should have been called a no call. Uh, and I don't care who said it. It, it should have been a penalty. Um, back in the old days, it, it wouldn't have been a penalty. It would have been a nice hit. And I don't have a problem with that. But when the rules are in place to change – and the calls are being made out there and they're not making that call on a really rough hit on one of our receivers. Yeah. It bugs me a little bit, by the way, if you're, you know, we're, we're taping this during um, Monday night football, Drew Brees just passed the, I think it's Peyton Manning and sets the all time pass records tonight in, in this game. It's halftime 26, 13 right now. And Drew Brees is now the new record holder. Congrats to him. Good guy. Really good guy. Yep. Um, one more thing about that rule just before we, we uh, close up shot for the night. Under this new directive, uh, I'm quoting from the NFL.com article, if a player, it, it's a foul, if a player lowers his head to initiate and make contact with the helmet on an opponent, the contact, here's is really important, the contact is not limited to an opponent's head or neck area, and the lowering of the head and initiating contact to a player's torso, hips, and lower body is considered an infraction. Now, if you go back and look at that replay again, it's pretty cut and dry. It should have been a penalty. I mean, we could make the argument whether or not this should be well, this should be a penalty or not. This, if this rule should be adjusted, but right now that's the rule, and therefore it should have been a penalty. All right. Anything else? Okay. Um, we're, getting ready, we're getting ready to shut down shop for the night. We do want to go ahead and give a, a shout-out to our trivia winners. Our trivia winners from our last night's, uh, last week's show, the one where uh, I kind of got mad at folks because no one actually came in one. Well, we got two winners now. Dana Dooley from Harrisburg, Illinois, and Ryan McMillan from Baldwin, Missouri sent us in winning app, uh, sent some winning emails into us. They'll get brand-new copies of Jim Hawk's book, All of His Team. Also, we want to give a shout-out to a couple others as well. The um, We got... Hold on here. I just lost the point. Gentleman by the name... From New Jersey, Patrick Brugna sent us in a, a correct answer. Um, Shmoney D sent us in a correct, pa- uh, correct answer. And Henry Camacho, one of our favorites here sent us in a correct answer it just so happens that dana and uh ryan got to us first so these guys and i normally think it's it's cool these are illinois and missouri these are people who followed this team back over um, from st louis that's cool uh thanks as much yeah. for sticking with this team man that's awesome okay this week's uh, trivia question this week's trivia question here we go what is the biggest margin of victory for the Rams in the Rams-Broncos series, and in what year did it take place? 
So send us your answers to ramstalk1945 at gmail.com and, uh, well, win a copy. Norm, any final thoughts for tonight? Yeah, remember, we're looking for sponsors. So right now we're growing fast. We've got tons of podcasts out. We've got three different you know, sets on our on our Ramstalk radio. Uh, it's a great time to join us. And, you know, the more listeners we get, the more expensive it gets. And we're gaining listeners every day. So right now you, it's the cheapest time to get in. So if you're interested in sponsoring us, reach out to us at uh, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453 and we will have a media kit ready to get out to you. And one more thing with that as well. And just, hey, if you like the show, do us a favor. Share it with people. Let other Rams fans know where they can find us. It, You know, we're doing the best we can to build a, a, a nice, high-quality show for you. And we'd appreciate your patrons just by sharing it out and, and uh, recommending us to other potential listeners. So One of our biggest complaints was our sound quality, and we've definitely improved that. And... Uh, you know, hopefully that's good news for the guys that were upset about our, our sound quality. I've, I've been listening on my way to work and, you know, we sound much better on Spreaker. So thanks to Spreaker for that. Yeah. Good company. If you are sending a podcast one day, go up with Spreaker for sure. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at talk Rams and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams talk. We also have a group that does very well. The Rams talk room. You can get us there. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul and Norm at Norm Hightower. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, all those great places. You can find us. Subscribe, please. That five-star review I asked you about as well. That's it. We're done recording for the night. We want to thank you for joining us. Again, we want to thank List NFL's stats guy. for. It's, it's awkward. It's awkward to have a guy come on your show and he's more confident about your team than – Yeah, I, I mean, know. I, I'm, I'm confident about our team, but – I mean, I didn't know how to react when he's basically telling us you guys are going to kill us. I just didn't know what to say. <laughs> you know, well, I don't see it that way. I think this is going to be a tougher game. I really do. I'm not saying. Well, I wanted, I wanted to. I wanted to say we we're going to kill you guys, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's like, this, I, I was almost defending his team a little bit just to give him some props, and he was like, "You're going to kill us." <laughs> <laughs> the player matches to me are are good for them and let's not forget any nfl team that gives up 320 yards on the ground is going to come back next week motivated to try and you know show they're not slouches so i expect denver to come out there and give us some problems i'm not saying win though i'm saying problems sure all right so for norm hightower this derek c paul take it easy live well prosper all that star trek stuff that he was talking about earlier we're out of here Uh, adios can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. 
the NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.